This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by FLM Harvest, a strategic, full-service, creative consultancy reaching more farmers and farm leaders than any agency in the country. Learn more at flmharvest.com. Good Wednesday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. Last week's executive order is looming large over two key pieces of news for the meatpacking sector today. A week ago, President Donald Trump signed an executive order calling on meatpacking plants to stay open and directs Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue to take all appropriate action under the Defense Production Acts to ensure plants continue operations. Earlier today, USDA announced a pair of letters Purdue sent to state governors and meatpackers. In the correspondence, the secretary says meatpackers should follow guidance issued by the Trump administration and shuttered plants should resume operations as soon as they are able after implementing the guidance. He says plants should submit written documentation to the department about their operations that includes a clear timetable for near-term resumption of operations. The guidance and federal oversight over meatpacking operations was also brought up in a rule dismissing a case brought against a Smithfield plant in Milan, Missouri. The case alleged Smithfield was not doing enough to protect plant workers from a potential outbreak of COVID-19. Purdue welcomed the dismissal, saying it's in line with what the federal government has been calling for. More on both stories in our coverage on agripulse.com. While the order calls on plants to stay open, many producers are struggling with the fact that plants where they typically send their livestock are closed. Minnesota pork producer Mike Borboom says the packer slowdown will have lingering effects. The backup we're creating right now is about 2 million pigs in the U.S. That's enough to feed 8 million Americans when you look at the per capita consumption. The slowdown is having a financial toll on businesses like Boarbooms, who said the forgivable loan program from the federal government only helps to a certain extent. From a cost of production standpoint, about 5% of our cost is labor. The rest of it is overhead fixed costs. And then the other huge component, 65 or 60%, is feed. PPP loans are forgivable only if the majority of the funds are used on payroll expenses. Kansas cattle feeder Shane Tiffany says he'd like to see specifics on the USDA assistance yet to come. The CARES Act was signed by the president upwards of a month ago, and we have yet to have the details of how that uh, how we're going to get payments and how that's going to be allocated. Uh, and so that's a concern. This is a real-time issue that requires some financial help uh, right now rather than months from now. Both producers said the current payment limit of $125,000 per commodity and $250,000 per entity will make the assistance fall well short of their actual losses. USDA is in the process of implementing $3 billion in commodity purchases, but a new piece of legislation wants to take a little bit of a different approach. AgriPulse's Ben Nully has more. A new House bill would provide $500 million to USDA and states to purchase more ag products for food banks, Some $300 million of the $500 million would be used for direct food purchases of dairy, meat, poultry, and specialty crops. Democratic Congresswoman Kim Schreier of Washington says her bill is targeted to the smaller producer. Small medium farmers who sell to hubs, farmers markets, or restaurants who can demonstrate that their business has been damaged because of the COVID pandemic. It does not require some of the certifications like GAP and GHP certifications that the USDA requires. And so it's very targeted to to the little guy. USDA is currently implementing a $3 billion program to distribute surplus commodities to the nation's food banks. The first contracts under that program are expected to be awarded Friday. Schreier says this is good news, but argues USDA's rollout has been slow. Just because of the way it is designed with 
big distributors and big farms. It's really designed to help the bigger farmers and not the little guys. And we have a lot of specialty crops in Washington State and a lot of these small, medium farms that sell directly to restaurants or get their food to the local schools or to farmers markets. Some $200 million in Schreier's bill would also supply states with funds to procure additional food products. For AgriPulse, I'm Ben Nully. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse update is brought to you by FLM Harvest, a strategic, full-service, creative consultancy proud to reach more farmers, farmer boards, and food and commodity associations than any agency in the country. Learn more at flmharvest.com. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.